0: And I'm not Spongebob.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, not Binary Pals, and the Technicolor Rainbow in Between, this is Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Chris Boinger ryder gasson and with me, as always, is my tag team partner in this venture, The Vacuuminator, reminding you, trans rights. Hell yeah. Trans lefts too, we don't want them only having one hand.
0: That's true. That's that's a very that's a, important that's detail. A very right joke. there. I'm so sorry. I'm
1: so sorry for that joke.
0: Uh, but yes, that's uh, that 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 sounds like a tweet in that that meme format that's going around right now. Trans rights implies the existence of trans lefts. Yeah.
1: But this <laughs> is Major wrestling podcast, the podcast for me in fact talk about wrestling that we liked during the week, hey. And this it is, is?
0: It is! And this is Modular Media! Oh crap! I thought this was i thought this was the first episode of This Week in Toku. We're supposed to be recording that soon. It's a new show on Modular Media that begins airing next week. It's going to be discussing all things Tokusatsu every week, every Tuesday night. You're going to want to subscribe so you can tune in. See, here's the thing. I was about to
1: go on a shell spree, and then you just immediately jump on a different kind of shell spree. Beat you to it! Yeah, yeah, yeah! But yeah, because this is Modular Media, where we do a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of different uh, content, with more stuff on the way, and hint, hint uh-huh. at possibilities. Uh, but also, on Fridays, as always, you can come and check out Analogal Fanboys, our premiere podcast. Quote, unquote. Um, on hiatus at the moment, much yeah. like
0: my content.
1: <laughs> yeah, but right now, in the meantime, we are doing a couple mini miniseries. Uh, right now, we're doing A Little Better Than a Pod, A Little Worse Than a Cast. Uh, mm-hmm. and switch that little worse than a pile, a little better than a cast, uh, where we talk about WandaVision week by week, uh, as we kind of, um, uh, discuss what happened in the episode and they ask me questions about what happens in Marvel comics. If I have any relevant info that could be, uh, used to explain some of the goings on, uh, it's me back here. And of course our good friend, Buster Bluey. Yes. They have a variety of online, online handles. Yep, Miriam. Uh, she has a variety of online handles. It's just how this thing goes. Much like Matt Hardy, she is multifarious. Yes, multifarious. Uh, should we go ahead and kind of like start talking about the next miniseries podcast we're doing?
0: Basically, if we can't corral Snowcone back into doing analytical fanboys by the time Wandavision ends, um, I. I'm, I, I've been pushing this name really hard so I'm just going to say this is the official name okay. and they'll have to fight me later. No, no, no. I America say it's official too. Podcast.
1: To... Yes. America's <laughs> Podcast. Uh, well, we're going <laughs> to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, it's going to be fun. It looks so good. Dude. Oh, it looks so good. Uh, but we're not talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're talking about a different kind of stunt show spectacular we're talking about professional wrestling and all the goings on there because uh do do, are we gonna do toys all at once in the middle like we've been doing i mean that's up to you you're the
0: host here yeah i I, I say let's just put
1: in the order that they appear we're just gonna do all the toys in the middle as a little quick capitalist break
0: they they are the piss match before the main event
1: yes so uh, real quick, I didn't watch BTE, mm. but I did. Uh, go... uh,
0: reoccurring joke. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: But I did go over what you put in here. There's some interesting things. So why don't you tell the people what
0: happened to BTE? And by tell the people, I mean tell me. Um, okay, so BTE opened this week with a segment. Um, just in the reoccurring thing of opening uh, it's three weeks in a row now i think it's kind of like the new reoccurring young bucks bit on bt it's just the good brothers are doing something stupid in front of a green screen the young bucks walk in and they try to go like hey you did kind of a weird thing on dynamite last week you guys are you're too kooky and lewd and oh, we're we're serious people now and they go you're not serious people too us. too sweetest yeah okay okay it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing where, like, the Young Bucks are clearly a little embarrassed about um, being friends with the Good Brothers now that they're serious business people with a serious wrestling company to run. Um, but they're still their friends and they're still very big, very scary wrestle boys, so they don't want to upset them too terribly much. Yeah. Um, it,
1: it's to me, just seeing all these, I've seen clips of it and I've, heard you talk about it, it feels like the young bucks went to college and now they're back in their hometown hanging out with their high school friend and they're going like, oh, oh god,
0: we used to do this shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want an example of how, how, oh god, we used to do this shit it can get for them, uh, this particular segment ended with the reveal that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were buck-ass nude and... They helicopter-dicked, while Luke Gallows screamed about how Carl Anderson's grandmother is a gilf. Oh, God. Is that going to be the new yeah. thing they
1: try to get over after Hot Asian Wife kind of went south? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, didn't they, didn't wasn't the last statement of that, is that they were trying to work it out?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like to pry on that stuff. I just saw that thing come across my dash when it yeah. first happened, so I haven't read any of the updates. But I assume since there hasn't been a huge ostracized Carl Anderson movement that everything's kind of, sort of, okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, cheating is a completely different kind of thing to uh, sexual and emotional abuse. Yeah. You know? So I can kind of... <laughs> for lack of a better way of describing it forgive someone who cheats being back in the industry mm-hmm. it, it, it's a different it's that's a shame on you don't do it again versus a, a shame on us for ever thinking you were a good person yeah there's a I mean do we really need to get into Edge and Matt Hardy again yeah no they they've worked it out their friends that whole situations a weird blip in professional wrestling history that is fucking fascinating, but only when you're talking about it.
0: But we're not talking I about hope. That. I hope one day there's just this thing. Hold that on. Matt
1: Hardy. I'm being hailed.
0: Okay. We're back. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I... I hope one day when Matt Hardy is inevitably back in WWE, because he said he was going to go back someday to get his Hall of Fame ring, I hope we just get a segment of like him and Edge and Jeff chilling out backstage and just like telling stories with maybe some young up-and-comer, and then all of a sudden, like somebody brings up, hey, didn't you guys like date the same girl for a little while, and neither you ended up Marrying that girl and it was like a huge controversy and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's how we became friends." Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. No, no, no. You know who needs to be there too,
1: Lita, because she would like, and yes. they're all just shooting the shit. It's just like, oh man, remember when we like listen, That would have never worked. What the fuck were we all thinking?
0: <laughs> you know that kind uh, of that kind of vibe and attitude. Different. That'd be so good, and it'd pop so many people who are like ten years older than us. Yeah, I mean, we know the history.
1: we We'd get a we get a chuckle pop. It's like, ah, we know the history, there. but we didn't live the history. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. But we know it. We know of it. Mm-hmm. We did not. We did not experience the old wizardry, but we know of it.
0: But uh, getting back on track with BTV uh, there was kind of a fool line in this episode of uh, the Dark Order making Valentine's Day cards, and the the main segment is just all the guys in the lair um, doing arts and crafts and like being like, "Come on, guys, we gotta we gotta come up with some really good lines if we want to get our crush. We gotta we gotta really focus up here and do it." and It seems like they're trying to get Anna to be more of a team player. Because, like, Stu Grayson reads his card, and it's clearly about the budding romance between him and Anna Jay. Um, But then, when we come back to them a few segments later, they go to give the cards to their crushes, and everyone, except for one member walks right past Anna J and goes up to Wardlow and starts giving him the cards. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> and he reads all of them out and he's like, Oh, this is this is sweet, thank you. Go on. Oh, very nice, very nice. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I haven't depend. I haven't received any
1: positive reaffirmation ever since I started working for MJF. This is giving me a little
0: hope. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um and keep in mind these are extremely lewd Valentine state cards. Like, Evil Unos literally said, You have juicy thighs. Be my Valentine. <laughs>
1: Fucking beautiful.
0: Uh, so that was a whole thing. Especially when... Uh, and this is going straight to the end of the episode. Because like I said, this was a fruit line. They kept coming back to this. Alan Angels is the last one in line... And Wardle is like, so so. what did you write? And he's like, oh, sorry, man, this this actually isn't for you. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And Alan Angels goes back into the locker room, and he goes up to Hangman. And Hangman's getting ready to leave, and he's like, hey, Adam, I know things didn't work out between you and the Dark Order and everything, but I still think you're a really cool guy, and I hope we can hang out and be friends. And, and anyway, I made you this. Um, Or no, he he starts to go, I made you this. And then Hangman's like, oh, I gotta go get my bag. I'll be right back. And he goes, and Alan, like, starts panicking. And he just leaves the card on the chair Hangman was sitting in and leaves. And then as a post credit scene in the episode, Matt Hardy walks up, sees the card, and tears it up. Ooh. Yeah. Uh... And that was after the segment that we chronologically get next in uh, in order of, of first appearances where Matt Hardy is basically um, in the bar. He's calling Hangman and gets voicemail and he sucks up to him big time. He's like, oh man, I know you don't want to be in a tag team, but that match was so great. We got to we gotta hang out and celebrate and do something setting up the Dynamite segment. Um, and then he hangs up and turns around and Private Party is right there and they're like, matt what the fuck? are you cheating on us are you cheating on us with a guy who owes us 12 dollars? because remember that from bt four months ago and um and he's like wait he owes you money that's serious business don't worry i'll take care of that next time i see him we don't mess around with money in the Matt Hardy brand um so that, that was cool character building um and then he also teased that they were going to be on impact the next night um then we got another segment of the Good Brothers and the Bucks talking, I believe, just after the uh, the tag with the Good Brothers. It's set right after the main event of Dynamite last week. Uh, and the Good Brothers are like, what the hell? Why is Kenna, Kenta here? Is the forbidden door open? And they're like, it's kind of, kind of open. And, and they're like, is Tonga booked? <laughs> no, Tonga's not booked. God we damn. would never book Tonga. They're fucking working oh God, us now. That guy's an asshole. That guy's an asshole. They're all working us. They have to be. Oh, yeah. And, like, I kind of got in on it this week because Tonga made a tweet that ended up in my timeline. So I just retweeted it and said, wow, I guess the only kind of grapes they have in Japan are sour. <laughs> and he's yet to reply because I fucking don't exist to those guys. Yeah. they. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is basically a whole thing um, where where the Bucks are like, uh, hey, you interfered in that tag match, we wanted to get the dream match with you guys, and they're like, oh, sorry, we were just trying to screw over a private party because we got heat with them, we didn't mean to mess you guys over, and then the Bucks leave and they're like, Yeah, we were trying to mess them over. We didn't want to have that match. We hate working. Oh, God, I can't believe we're double-booked on Dynamite. Oh, this sucks.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) basically, we're a couple lazy assholes who only just want to come in and fucking get our catchphrases over and sell t-shirts.
0: Exactly.
1: Basically, what everybody complained the Bucks were, the Good Brothers... I think that's kind of the joke. The Good Brothers are everything that people hate about the Bucks...
0: Without any of, like, the nuance the Bucks bring. The Good Brothers are exactly as evil as Jim Coronet thinks the Young Bucks are.
1: <sighs> oh my god, real quick. Did you see the fucking Jim Cornette shit with Maki Ito? I have not kept up with Jim Cor Oh, didn't she tell him to, like, go fuck himself and die or something? No, 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 no. I, did, I don't know about that, but, like, what happened was... Jim Cornette says something along the lines of, of course, Kenny Omega's bringing more of his fetish fuel to AEW, and everybody's going... Excuse you, sir, he's bringing more of my fetish fuel to AEW. Oh, very much so. Uh, But he he was like, and like, I don't get why this Maki Ito chick is over, she's tiny... All the general racist Jim Cornette shit when he talks about Japanese uh, Joshi wrestlers. Back in my day, wrestlers were big muscle boys. There was no such thing as women. And he said, like, she is like the deity of shit or something like that. And Maki Ito just went, I am the deity of shit on Twitter. And it's just like, <laughs>
0: of course she's going to fucking love that someone called her that. Fuck yeah. I mean, I did watch the Maki Ito video you sent me a couple weeks ago. It makes like you, you under like you get it now, don't you? He seems like a wonderful soul.
1: Ah, uh, Maki Ito. monkey Maki fucking Nito. Can't wait to see her on Monday on AEW's YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, I... We'll talk about that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then we got the probably the best segment of Dynamite this week because Chris Statlander goes up to Brandon Cutler and she's like, "Could you film me doing a thing real quick? I kind of want to do a thing for Valentine's Day." And she goes up to Orange Cassidy, who's sitting slumped over in a chair like this with like, sunglasses. Like on Orange you. Cassidy would. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Hey, Orange. I don't know if you remember, but we kind of we kind of connected a few times on VTE before, so." I wrote you a song. It's nothing special or real good, but I just thought I'd sing it for you. And it's like a a legit, well written, original song that she plays acoustic guitar and sings right there and then. It's really cute. And then she like gets super embarrassed immediately after doing it and runs off. And Brandon Cutler is like, dude, go after her. Why aren't you going after? Her? Oh, no. He's asleep. Takes off sunglasses and he's asleep. Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Uh, and then we got probably the most unintentionally hilarious BT segment in a long time, of Sammy Guevara having a trivia game where basically he badly describes the plot of a movie and you have to guess the title of the movie. Um it's a number one contendership. Whoever can guess the most titles before he runs out of questions is number one contender. It ends up being a freeway tie between a bunch of guys from his blog and Brandon Cutler. Um, and But the funny thing about it is, the whole time... Marco's stunt is just like this is the stupidest fucking game ever. You are the worst champ this is Sammy Guevara's best friend backstage going like you are the worst fucking champion of this entire bell. You suck so I cannot believe this is what you came up with for a number one contendership. Oh my god. And like Griff Garrison's just sitting there like he doesn't guess any anything, he doesn't even try. And at one point Sammy's like well, Marco, why are you flipping out? Look, Griff, Griff's having fun. And Griff's like, dude, I have sex with women. I don't watch movies. <laughs> I don't care about this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they have to, somebody is recording in the next room over from them, so they have to move to the Dark Order layer to finish the game. And as they're doing it, for, or uh, Marco Stunt starts f- throwing a tantrum again. And then all of a sudden, Tony Shavani just walks in and goes, "What the fuck is going on in here?" And Marco Stutz like, "Oh, shut the hell up, Shavani! Nobody wants to listen to your crap right now." Oh, and Tony Shavani immediately comes back with, "Well, you have to listen to it right now, you little motherfucker!" It's, it's like, "Grandma's swearing!"
1: Grandma's swearing! Was I he swear- shoot angry or was he working? I think a
0: bit of both.
1: Okay. Because he probably was like, going. he was probably going like, ah, oh, it's a little loud. Can you turn it down? And then he saw the camera. It's like, oh, okay. You're there. You're doing a
0: thing. Let me play into it. Mm-hmm. But they finished the game or rather they gave up at the freeway tie. Um, and then like right as Sammy's about to shut off the camera, Tony Schiavone comes back in and goes, hey guys, real quick. I just wanted to remind you we're recording something with Thunder Rosa in the next room. So could you please shut the fuck up? Oh, because they're probably filming something
1: genuine with Thunder Rosa for Dynamite. Yeah. Goddamn. Daly's Place seems like a fucking madhouse right now.
0: Yeah, that's probably why there's rumors of them moving to a bigger stadium in Miami. Uh, uh, But that was was BT. uh, And then we had a few... Little bits, little tiny morsels of wrestling news throughout the week. Uh, ROH finally started a new weekly show. I watched the two clips they put out, and it was pretty good. Seems like typical ROH of just like, here's eight extremely good wrestle boys all in a tag match, and it immediately goes to shit and devolves into complete anarchy. It like, is it is indie booking wrestling
1: to an nth degree with a little bit better production Mm
0: -hmm. also uh flip gordon has a huge braided beard and a top knot now and it's like you were a baby the last time i saw you on bte sir what happened he he had to Uh, he got he's
1: punished flip now because he's in uh, ring of honor and he has he had to deal with uh
0: a certain whoop whoop. Oh boy. yeah, that's right. He was booked as Marty Scrolls best friend for a little while. Uh, uh, hey, uh you know that big muscle boy we liked in that Moxley match a few weeks ago? He joined the Nightmare Family. Good for him. He got a sponsorship deal. Yeah, basically. basically, like people were. I saw on
1: Reddit, people were going like, oh, what the, what the fuck's Nightmare Family is fucking do, stupid. They don't even come. Like, it's not a faction. It doesn't function I think as a it's faction."
0: It's mainly because Ollie Davis has done it on the Wrestle Talk news the last two weeks. But like, people were pointing out, I was like, yeah, but
1: in like real combat sports, that's how a stable works. You mm-hmm. watch MMA." And they're, some guys uh, are part of the same team because they work out in the same gym and they, uh, like, work together there. But they don't come out with each other. They don't help each other out there. So, no, it's just, like, backstage, working there. Yeah, we work together. But you're kind of on your own out there. And that's kind of how Nightmare Family works.
0: Yeah. it's It's interesting. It's foreign for wrestling fans, but... It's interesting. I Born don't For dis- American wrestling
1: fans, because that's fucking how chaos works in Japan. Oh, really? I need to watch more Japan.
0: Uh, speaking of more Japan, uh, I did watch some current Japan for the first time ever. It was Mox cutting a promo on Kenta. This is a solid little promo. Just a solid, like, hey, I, I know this guy from way back when, before either of us were in WWE. He was a big scary badass then. If we're going to fight for this title, he better be a big scary badass now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean genuinely did you see that New Japan World the Japanese the basically the Japanese PR part of New Japan tweeted a fucking AEW clip like like full on Nope they're working together
0: Nice I hadn't seen that that's cool
1: Like and I saw some of the Japanese tweets uh I tr- uh, I did the auto translate thing and they were like They were excited for it, so that was cool. Mm.
0: Goddamn. But then uh, there was Impact as well, and a few interesting things from Impact this week. Uh, There was a big multi-man number one contender match for the X Division title, which was won by Trey Miguel, who um, last week... Or, like, two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, he redebuted for Impact. He had been on the Indie for something for a little while, and I was like, I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. He's a weird tattoo boy, whatever. <laughs> um, he really impressed in this match. He's got really good, really quick, solid moves in his uh, belt, and uh, he became the number one contender. And Sammy Callahan, who I don't think is the X Division champion right now, but he's just kind of Mr. Call People Out. Um, he was immediately like, uh, hey, you flaked on impact. And now you're back and you're immediately in a title picture? Fuck you. I've been dedicated to this company for years. Fight me, bitch. Bitch. Yep.
1: That's how you know in uh, wrestling series when they call someone a bitch. Exactly. Um That's just that's just wrestling one oh one. First they teach you Tony how to run Con- the ropes, then they teach you how to say bitch.
0: <laughs> uh, but Tony Khan uh, did another paid ad thing where he basically, you, you know, he's just trying on different heel personas like Jackets every week. This week he was Chris Jericho because he went on about how, how he people have been asking him for so long, when's he going to open the forbidden door? And he's always been going, I don't know where it is. I don't know. I can't open it if i can't find it and then he realized he is the forbidden door and he had to open himself to new experiences and thanks to impact he's doing that now he's appearing on impact every week he's fly- he's making deals with the japanese he's here he's there he's everywhere tony khan is the forbidden door and he's open to all possibilities now i mean and it was great Kind
1: of goofy in a sense, but also makes total sense when you realize that AEW is kind of becoming the nexus of wrestling.
0: hmm
1: Like, everybody kind of wants to work wanna works with AEW.
0: Insert joke about the WWE faction, the nexus here. Yeah. Uh, and then Black Taurus debuted for Decay. I posted this clip. Did you watch it? I don't... No, I didn't watch it. This guy is fucking amazing, dude. He's, like, the size of Keith Lee. But he's dressed like a fucking minotaur. Complete with, like, a realistic luchador minute Bull mask. And he moves like Ray Phoenix. Like, he did a fucking arm whip on Caleb with a K that was insanely quick like this I don't know how nobody has been talking about this dude's AAA work cuz that's where he was from he was just Tauros in AAA um but he's someone to watch cuz cuz he could be a huge high flyer in the next couple of years
1: so you're saying Black Taurus versus Luchasaurus win I mean yes yes yeah.
0: Uh, Nice. I was uh, was trying to go fucking
1: uh fucking Force Megatron? No. Kind of, but no. Um He played it. He played Frankenfurter and Rocky Horror. He played the Devil in Legend. Tim Tim Curry? Tim Curry. Tim Curry. And because that Megatron's kind of Tim Curry-ish.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Space! Um, <laughs> yeah, damn it. Uh, but then we got a contract signing for the No Surrender title match uh, between Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer where uh, Moose came in and interrupted and he was like, Hey, why is Tommy Dreamer jumping the line? I'm the TNA champion. Fight me so we can unify these belts, Rich Swan. And Rich Swan is like, shut the fuck up, dude. I am so done with your shit. This belt says Impact. We are in Impact Wrestling. I am the Impact champion. Step the hell off. And Tommy Dreamer's just like, kids, shut the fuck up. Listen, I've been where you've been. I've won a bunch of titles a bunch of times from a bunch of big names. I've made history multiple times by doing so. And uh, I think it No Surrender, I'm going to do it again, because Rich Swan, I'm taking that title from you. And Moose, once I have the Impact title, you will get your title match, and I'll take that title from you. And uh, I'm going to set a new example for champions that they don't get into stupid pissing contests and that we are about supporting each other here at Impact Wrestling. We're about creating a new generation and positive because for every two guys like you, there's a couple dozen guys in the back just waiting for their opportunity. Of all a bunch of dreamers just like I used to be before somebody took a chance on me. And I'm going to start taking a chance on new people when Mm -hmm. I get that belt. And it was just like such a solid babyface old man. I'm going to get that title promo. And it made me really sad because I know that's not where they're going. I know they're going to make Kenny Omega take the belt off of Rich Swan. Or rather, I hope.
1: How much money do you want to put on Kenny Omega or the Good Bros messing up the title match so it stays on Rich Swan so Kenny Omega can go up against Rich Swan?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'll probably happen. Um. But uh, speaking of the Good Brothers, they had a title match in the main event of Impact this week against um, James Storm and Chris Sabin. took me a minute to remember his name. Um, And it was a pretty solid little match, but it ended in Private Party coming in and interfering and basically getting the match not thrown out, but uh, what's, what's the term? Disqualified in favor of Storm and Sabin. Um, but the the impact officials were basically like, yeah, we're not doing a title change because of interference. This is bullshit. Um, there's it's now a triple threat at the pay per view. So, private party, you tried to f- fuck these guys over. Now you're gonna be in even deeper shit at our pay per view. Yep. Kind of like a solid, solid little little book. I like that. Yeah, but now
1: let's talk about capitalistic New excess. no,
0: Because, oh my god, everyone, Jazzwares has more leaks than my car did last summer when I needed to get a new oil tank.
1: Goddamn.
0: More leaks than fucking Hasbro and Transformers. Yeah, it's insane. But uh, we, we will get to that as we get to. Actually. Do you want to do? Do you want to do AEW or
1: WWE figures first? Let's do WWE because we don't have a ton of things to talk about there because and eh, we're not invested in the product right now. But uh, one thing that Aleister Black, uh, uh-huh.
0: because uh, WWE Elite Collection Series eighty five Ultimate Edition eight the twenty twenty one Elite two pack and the this year's Fan Takeover series. We got the final product shots for all of those, and Elite Collection Series 85 is Alistair Black with the big spiky robe, um, kind of like the last look he had before they d alistair Blacked him. Um, So, if you want a good Alistair Black, this might be your last chance to get one, unless he ends up going to AEW. Oh, he's...
1: Dude... Out of out of re signing with WWE where they have nothing for him versus going to AEW where he
0: can pitch Lance Archer Miro. But like he could go to Impact or Japan if he wants to. Yeah, he yeah. has options.
1: I think though he would probably go to AEW A, because it's still both in Florida. He moved to Florida, he's in Orlando. But, That's true. Uh, that's that's a sl- that's a slight benefit for AEW being headquartered in Jacksonville. This <laughs> is <laughs> like, oh, you're already in Orlando. You can just come on up. It's Jacksonville. It's like what three hour drive. It ain't bad.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a quick morning commute for you.
1: Yeah. Hey, you drive in on you drive in on a Tuesday. You leave on a Thursday. You listen to a fucking audiobook on the way way back and forward? You're golden, man. You're golden. I mean I wouldn't put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like Lance Archer, Miro, Orange Cassidy versus Alistair Black. Or would he would be Tommy End then? Because he would probably revert to his indie
0: name. But like Darby
1: Allen versus Tommy End. Oh man.
0: That'd be fucking dope. Pack. But getting back to these plastic play films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um also in series eighty five is Liv Morgan in her Hey look, I'm a lesbian now. Except no, we're not actually doing that book. Yeah. Um Undertaker in the uh the gear he wore during the Boneyard match. Yay. It, it's it's um, a newer version of American Badass, which is some people which some people really enjoy, so mm-hmm. I mean, I did really enjoy watching that match with you, so I might get it for that sentimental value, but it's definitely on the maybe later pile for me. Um, Bray Wyatt, uh, a new version of Funhouse Bray, which has the Hurt Heel gloves, uh, and it's in a slightly different color scheme, and it comes with Huskus the pig boy, who we didn't get in the ringside exclusive set, so I kind of need this because I kind of want all the puppets. Um, even though there's no really good way to display them all um carrying cross getting his first figure at, in elites um the robe they gave him looks so dumb on him it's huge he looks like a he looks like the world's most vapid Jedi uh and then uh Becky Lynch based off of uh her becoming the mom like nice. literally it's meant to be recreating that segment nice. Uh, have and they ever made o- a Becky Lynch where she has her nose bloody
1: just that fit head sculpt because that'd be
0: great I don't think so because Mattel aims way more for kids than they do collectors mm. but like they could I, I, I think they could do that as a ringside exclusive especially now that Blood Brothers is a set that exists yeah um but then, uh, Ultimate Edition Eight is uh, Edge in his look at when he returned at last year's Royal Rumble. Remember that fifty years ago? Yep. Um, and I enjoyed that moment certainly, and like I know Edge now. I know Edge more as Old Man Edge than I do actual young Rated R Superstar. People remember it? Yeah, I I know Old Man Edge more than I know Rated R Superstar Edge. So. I might get this as my de facto edge. Uh, And then we're finally getting an Ultimate Macho Man Randy Savage, which is based off of a gear I believe he wore during that very short period at the beginning of Raw's existence where he was still active in the ring. Um, So it's like this really obnoxious white and green jacket and hat, but underneath is like a classic... uh, beige-on-yellow Macho Man gear. So I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. I wish the jacket matched the gear underneath, but I understand it's creating an actual outfit that exists. So I'm going to get this as my de facto Macho Man, but I'm always going to have that niggling little thing of, like, but the jacket doesn't go with the outfit. And I picture Macho Man having a jacket that goes with his outfit. Yeah. Because I'm a fashion designer. Um. I I can the, see I can
1: see what you wear no. <laughs>
0: uh, and then the uh, 2021 Elite Two Pack is gonna be uh Triple H versus Jeff Hardy based on their title match from the mid 2000s, which looks neat, looks fairly accurate. I know nothing about that feud, so I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Um, and then Fan Takeover Five is just an interesting mishmash of stuff, because you have X-Pac and NWO gear, Randy Orton, babyface, I just won the world title for the first time, Randy Orton, uh, in his prime flip-the-switch edge, and then Johnny Gargano in his Wolverine gear. Christian, not edge. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Christian, flip-the-switch Christian. Uh... But then Johnny Gargano in his Wolverine-themed gear. So it's, like, three really weird based on older thing figures. And then a hyper-current fig Well, not hyper-current, but, like, very new figure that I'm probably going to get because I still don't have a Johnny Gargano. And that's, like, in my top three favorite Johnny Gargano books. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, solid offerings all all the way around, but as usual with uh, with uh, WWE figures, it's like, yeah, there's like two in each of these sets that I want, and everything else can be. But, um, uh, are you gonna also, get this John Cena, though? No, because it's probably gonna go for thousands of dollars if it ever pops up on eBay, because, uh... Major Melon John Cena is a thing that exists because for those of you who watched the uh, the sports ball game this this past Sunday, there was a uh, a very big very highly promoted commercial of uh, John Cena promoting a new mountain Dew flavor and there's a pro and there was like a you if you count all the mountain dew bottles in this commercial and you're the first one to tweet the correct amount, you'll win a prize pack and I imagine because you can't accurately count that they, they were like they made like 50 of them. 50 people who guessed won the prize pack. And the prize pack is like a watermelon looking calculator. Some kind of book. And then a WWE Elite Collection John Cena made to look like John Cena looks in this commercial. And like people, people zoomed in on it. It's legit the Mattel Elite Collection mold. So this must have been some kind of collaboration with WWE and Mattel. Um, but this is a thing that exists. It's a hyper rare John Cena variant, and it's gonna go for insane amounts of money on the aftermarket. God damn, um, it's fucking weird. It's hilarious though. Uh Um, speaking of interesting John Cena variants, uh, we also got another one announced because hot off the heels of the uh, the Legends uh, series, Target exclusive John Cena that's themed off after the Firefly Funhouse match ringside announced that they're going to have an exclusive john cena figure based off of him in that match during the segment where he was a member of the nwo which is cool it's a it's a really nice fro that you know only only like hyper fans are going to want this figure so it makes sense as a ringside exclusive but like even though i love the funhouse match that look is not the look I think of Cena in from that match. I think of either the debut Cena look he had or him as Johnny Large Meat. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm going to pass on this for now, but yo, ringside, if you want to do me up an Elite Collection Johnny Large Meat, I jump on that.
1: Well, uh, we did get uh, some AEW figure news, though.
0: Yeah, we got some sporadic little spits and spouts here and there. Uh first off, there was a whole thing this past weekend where uh Jeremy Padauer uh sent out just like a casual tweet just being like, Hey, look at these vintage Star Wars boxes I have. Aren't these cool? Sitting on his desk, like in the corner of the image, where the main thing in the image was his computer far away and on the monitor was a mock-up of a suited Cody Rhodes figure. <laughs> And, and everyone was like, and like for 10 seconds, everyone went, oh, cool, Suited Cody Rhodes coming. That's a nice subtlety. Wait a minute. We recognize that mock-up. And it, it was a Photoshop of the mock-up for a Legends series Ultimate Warrior that's in targets right now based off of his final appearance in WWE. When he was on Raw that one night, the night before he got in a car crash and died. Oof. That's a figure that exists um so that was a photoshop and and everybody immediately called jeremy padauer out on it and then he was like okay i was gonna play the long game on this but here i'm revealing officially we're doing a two-pack of suited cody rhodes and Britt baker based off of the most recent episode of the waiting room which led to Britt baker freaking out on twitter and character because she's had this whole campaign about why don't i have an action figure yet um and then, like, a day later, he was like, so we played a joke on Britt yesterday. It was very funny. It was very cool. But uh, in all seriousness, that Cody figure is not real. But the Britt Baker mock-up is there will be a Britt Baker 2-pack at ringside at some point this year. So, what do you what do you think? Because it can only be one of two things. It's either Britt and Reba, or it's Britt and Tony. Or it's Britt and uh, Swole. And True. you do it as, like...
1: First big women's feud thing.
0: True. <clears throat> see, I really want swole, so I, I want to agree with you there. But like, I feel like, I feel like everybody's gonna expect Brit and Reba, but they're gonna go for Brit and Tony. I can see that's that. That's the moment. That's the moment she turned heel. That promo. Yeah, I can. I can. Either,
1: either any of those three would make sense. But hey, mm-hmm. Brit getting a figure, great.
0: And I mean, also they did tease that they were going to be doing announcers and refs soon enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I can't wait to get a uh, Alex Marvez, so you can mm-hmm. just hi- so I can just hide him in weird places and just like, why the fuck is this guy here?
0: Oh, he He's shows just up in the
1: background of your
0: Marvel Legends display interviewing Tony Stark <laughs> because that's, he just shows up at random. Yeah. Um. But then also in AEW figure news, uh, they unveiled the first wave of their micro-brawlers, which are up for uh, pre-order on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. If you're not aware, micro-brawlers are basically Pro Wrestling Tees' toy line. Um, It's kind of Funko Pops, but kind of not. It's way more detailed. It's a different kind of deformed style. uh, And it's basically, if you have a store on pro wrestling tees and you're an active wrestler sooner or later you're gonna get a micro brawler like there's been a ton of impact in roh ones a few new japan ones that whole kind of a lot of triple h or triple a (laughs) ones um and this is the first wave of aew ones which consists of hikaru shida john moxley Brody lee chris jericho orange cassidy Britt baker and darby allen um I'll I'm not picks. gonna pre order because 'cause they're technically not action figures, so they're not they're, they're not they're, my they're, kind of they're thing. small collectibles for people who like small collectibles. Yeah, they're they're little desk they're little desk mementos or if you're like one of those YouTubers, there's something to put on your shelf in the back.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's the thing
0: you have in your cubicle to show people I like wrestling,
1: but I'm not gonna have like a I'm little, not weird. It's just a cute little
0: like, oh, that's neat. Look at this tiny Japanese lady in the belt she's holding. Isn't she cute? Tiny Japanese lady. Uh, but <laughs> oh, also, these are some good picks. What I implied
1: there. It, and they're good picks. But before yeah. we get
0: into Dynamite... There's, wait, wait, wait. That's, There's one other bit of news. The thing that happened today. Oh. Because, oh, uh... Oh, yeah 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Amazon mistake... Amazon.com, because... Uh, Amazon hasn't hasn't had direct lines to buy Unrivalled Collection yet, but people have been wondering because inevitably they get every action figure line because Amazon is a horrible capitalistic entity that will consume all enterprises. Yep. Um. They uh they kind of put up some listings for Unrivalled Collection pre-orders and then very quickly took them down, and most of it was stuff we already knew about, but one thing that popped up was AEW and Rival Collection Series 7. We're on Series 4, mind you. (laughs) Series 7, Brian Cage. Um, And people are going like, oh, this is probably just a clerical error, probably just somebody who knows the show was putting up these listings and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Amazon has made mistakes like these in the past, and it's always something that inevitably gets confirmed. So... Brian cage probably going to be revealed at some point in the summer. Yeah. But Uh, Brian cage is not bad. Brian cage getting a figure. That's pretty dope. Oh, no, no, no. I'm super excited about this. I definitely want that figure. One one of the, I think one of the key factions I want on my shelf is team Taz. Ooh, but here's the
1: thing. Are you going to get, when are you going to be able to fully get team Taz? Because when are you ever, when
0: are they ever going to make a hook figure? whenever he starts for probably six months after he starts actually wrestling yeah but as i was saying
1: let's uh take a pause and take a piss break real quick oh yeah sure okay so we'll be right back folks and we're back though boys all right so now we're going to talk about dynamite how do you wanna how do you wanna how do you wanna break this down?
0: I mean, there's only really one like way we can. Rock,
1: paper, scissors, shoot. Alright. Hey. So first things first, we have the bad boy, Joey Janeller, going up against one <laughs> Darby Allen. D- darp allington i'll have you now yeah, yeah, yeah um and as you wrote uh darp b uh wins with a pen I? yeah he's, he's oh, dead. He- i might have been a bit of a drinky boy last night that's yeah, fine uh but it was a fun match uh,
0: really cool uh, uh yeah i was see i was expecting this to i was expecting this to be the semi-main event and for them to do like a semi death match to lead into the full on death match that the main event had been booked as. But them opening this and then it was just a completely technical match was really cool and was like a really nice reminder of like, oh yeah, both these guys are extremely good wrestlers. Not just death matching people, chain. like they're they're
1: good at chain wrestling and holds and that whole thing. And it worked really well to get it over Joy Janela. For lack of a better way of describing it, putting him back in the upper mid card mm-hmm. because for like, a, I mean, for, he kind of slipped for a bit, which is understandable. They were trying to build new stars, but like, yeah. And he was doing
0: stuff for his home promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like this, even more so did that for Darby Allen for me because like, I completely forgot that Darby Allen could wrestle. Cause all he's been doing is standing next to sting for the last six weeks. Dear God, that whole storyline picked up this episode.
1: It kind of did, and it kind of didn't. Hey, picking up from zero is better than nothing. It's true. That's true. I'll give you that. It has some momentum now. There's something intriguing. Yeah. But yeah, this was um, a good match. Uh, Darby won with a coffin drop, retained the TNT Championship.
0: Hmm.
1: Goddamn, it, Darby. Darby looked like not necessarily a wreck, but he looked fucking like I went through the ringer and I deserve this belt right now because I won Mm -hmm. because this was a hard fought match.
0: Yeah. Another thing I noticed, and I don't know if you picked up on this as well, or if this is even already been going on and I just didn't pick up on it till now, but he had like less face paint than normal. Usually he does the whole side. This, it was like a little bit on his jaw and a little bit in this kind of in his boob area. Um, but it's it's almost like being with, like, a subtle, subtle kind of hint, and this is probably me reading way too much into it, but it's like a subtle hint that, hey, being around Sting, who, yes, has face paint, but is really just a guy, it's kind of making him a little more, a little more human, a little more alive. I can see
1: that, maybe, it, but it also may just be like, I uh, I didn't want to fucking put a deal with all of that today.
0: Probably.
1: You know, I just don't want
0: to fucking deal with that right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, and I guess we'll we'll do these two things together. Um, We got, uh, basically, the announcers explaining who Kenta is for anybody who couldn't keep up with Excalibur while he was tapping into the Speed Force at the end of last week's show. (laughs) Come on! Oh Oh my god, it's uh, Kenta of New Japan!
1: He has has a brave guy, he's challenging! Oh my god!
0: Yeah, exact. That was it. That was it. I mean, at least, at least he's least explaining things. such a blade. Butcher.
1: Blade. Butcher. Blade. And the bunny. And the bunny. Um, what is Blade doing here? Mean, he should be in Marvel Comics fighting vampires.
0: That meme will always live on. Or be
1: in the mind. Avengers. Blade's on the Avengers right now. You know that? I did not. That's interesting.
0: Are they helping him with the vampires? No. Assholes. <laughs> uh, but then we go uh, out back where John Moxley is uh, doing a whole promo. He's talking about how, like, yeah, Kenta attacked me ne- last week. Wasn't really a surprise for me. Kent has been saying how he wants to beat me up in Japan for weeks now. Uh, but, uh, Even though he lives in over. Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> time for talk is over. Hey, look at this, this very nice... IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship belt that I have. Uh, he's he's got to beat me for it. I don't think he can. But, uh, you know, that doesn't really matter because tonight we're doing a big stupid lights out match that's just for fun. And was a, a solid Mox promo. Not his best, but solid Mox work. So, here's the thing. Mox at his,
1: uh, Mox at his weakest... About a B. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I'd say this was like a B
1: plus. Yeah, it was B plus. It got over the 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 IWGP American belt to an audience who may not know about it. Uh, it is a very pretty belt. All oh all the IWGP belts are fucking gorgeous. I, I I'm, I'm, imagine someone I'm, with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and that. AEW World Championship just one in each run because goddamn, they're they're distinct but they have a similar vibe.
0: God damn oh, those. Yeah. One. But like also, I really love the AEW championship, but I think I might be the only person in the world who thinks the IWGP championship is over design. I can understand hold on, let
1: me finish eating my cookie. Yeah. I can understand that. To me, when I look at it, it's so layered that each individual layer kind of has its own vibe, so it doesn't feel over-designed. It just feels like... It feels like each layer is its own thing, for lack of a better way to yeah. describe it.
0: Uh, I mean, like it's purely a taste thing. I like a very simple, very striking design. It's part of the reason why certain tokusatsu suits are my favorites over certain others. Um, Yeah, but we also gotta remember, like, my favorite Kamen Rider suit is ex and that's a goddamn fucking disaster. And my favorite is Amazing Mighty Kuga, which only appeared for one episode, but is fucking beautiful because it's just shiny black on matte black on gold trim. But like that just really
1: shows our uh, our difference in aesthetic. I love big, brash, fuck you kind of. Just, I have '90s comics on my wall
0: for a reason.
1: Yeah,
0: and like I keep I keep getting distracted by my own display behind me and going like, is it a bit, is it a bit too much? Should I take some things off? Like, um, and like. Keep in mind, like, I, I'm going, like, really far to defend the fact that I don't like the IWGP belt. But last last word on this. uh, Keep in mind, I'm the asshole who constantly, whenever people bash on the current WWE belts, go, They look fine.
1: They look fine for a big branded belt.
0: Yeah. And I don't think they're trying to be anything other than that. I think... People who rag on those belts are so used to the idea of what a wrestling or what a sports championship belt should be of this beautiful, overdesigned, super expensive piece of jewelry, essentially, um, that they don't really get that WWE isn't even really about that 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 side of wrestling anymore. They're a toy Hasn't company. Hasn't been for a long time. They're a toy company. I mean, there's a reason people say WWE is the wrestling brand for kids. It, yeah, and they throw an edgy thing
1: for the preteens every once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, not to say that there shouldn't be wrestling specifically designed and focused for kids. Kids should be allowed. Wrestling should primarily focus on an all ages demographic. Yeah. First and foremost, very Which much I like. I
0: think ADW is kind of doing.
1: Yeah, uh, every once in a while they go, like, hey, by the way,
0: we're going to get a little violent. It happens. You know, occasionally your finger just slicks and uh oh, there's blood
1: everywhere. There's blood everywhere. There's a razor to a forehead somewhere. We don't know how or where
0: it got there. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that Kip Sabian, his mind's just always in the gutter about his lady friend
1: uh
0: uh-huh. oh man uh oh oh
1: i'm so glad what they're doing with that later but we'll talk about that in a bit but right now we are backstage with one samuel uh guvera i'm just gonna fuck up the names just to get a fucking pop out of you no no, no it's good I'll um Basically, goes backstage with the to the inner circle lock, locker room and goes like, "Hey, I I need to have a one-on-one with MJF. Can you guys give us a minute?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll give you a minute." And he says, "Camera guy, you're you're here for a reason. Stick around." And they start having a conversation. Really and then, quick. Yes. I love that. I love
0: that the cameras are diegetic
1: in a. Oh yeah. The, like it's only every like here every time they do a camera cutaway to the backstage. someone tries to acknowledge the cameras. It's like, why are you here? Thank you for being here. Uh, There's another great one with Matt Hardy later. Yeah. Uh, Or Alex Marvez is there, and he's the diegetic reason for a camera. Yeah. Like, like, I like it. It makes sense. Uh, It's similar Mm -hmm. to Impact, where they have diegetic cameras, but it's framed as, like, a hidden camera
0: reality show. Yeah. like But, like, um, how many other wrestling promotions are there where they have backstage segments and it's just two people talking and it awkwardly sets up a match? Well, I can think of three brands. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, but MJF and Sammy Guevara start talking and MJF is starting to pit, Trying to push his buttons, going like, Ha, you're just... You're jealous. Uh, you hate Chris Jericho. You All this kind of different stuff. And Sammy Guevara does the Fred from Scooby-Doo 2 maneuver where where he says the thing and it's like, you're just probably going to try and misquote me or something like that. Wait a second, are is that, were you recording this whole time? Fuck you. Throws the camera against the wall and goes like, nah, I'm done. I'm tired of this bullshit. Heart, baby, face, fucking. Ooh, ooh, my God. We'll get to it later. But goddamn, that was fucking great. Um... But it's just basically kind of going like, MJF, I'm done with your shit. Fuck you. Fuck you trying to manipulate this whole situation. There's a reason I have a camera crew here
0: for something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he just fucking punches MJF in the gut and walks out. Yeah. It almost looked like a dick punch
1: for a second. <laughs> with how MJF <laughs> was just reacting to it. Like,
0: yeah. I, I would have loved if just MJF went like, Got instead, of tights, instead of tights, he's just wearing bandages around his waist.
1: Why are you punching me in the dick?
0: Nah. I feel like that's going to be a running gag. and That would be the running gag if MJF was in WWE, is him always getting punched in the dick <laughs> because he was a dick. I mean, honest, I wouldn't
1: mind seeing that uh-huh. for like uh, two
0: weeks, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, but then we go back to the ring, and we get uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and shoddy, or Big Shoddy Lee Johnson with Arn Anderson versus Pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. So, real quick, I kind of banged my head against the wall when we talked about this match getting announced last week. I humbly apologize. I, I lost faith. I stumbled and fell off the path. For a moment, but I I have I have resumed the walk in the spirit, and I am now on the path of righteousness. That is the American Nightmare, of Cody Rhodes, once again. This match is fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't fully get why Cody Rhodes is Jesus,
0: but all right, cool. Because he just is. You just have to believe in the Father, the Son, and 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 the Holy Brandy.
1: See, here's the thing. I thought you were going to the father, the son, and the other son.
0: I really should have. That's That's the, the retcon. That was the thing. <laughs> um, uh, no, I enjoyed this
1: but, match. It was fun, especially with the, the storyline through line of Lee Johnson.
0: Yeah, and I think they kind of improvised it on the spot, because apparently Cody tore his rotator cuff early in the match. So he tags to Lee Johnson... And keep in mind, I've never actually seen Lee Johnson wrestle before. We've seen so him get squashed. No yeah, but I, I, I had no idea what to expect from him as a legitimate wrestler. And the dude is, the dude is literally just Kofi Kingston. Like he was doing that kind of shit all over the place, and completely going to town on these two, um, jobber heels and it was wonderful and amazing, and then when he got that roll-up, and I was like, oh, cool, he got the win, I wasn't expecting that, like, I was looking at another tab, because I thought we were at the midpoint of the match, but no, it was the final sequence, Um, and then they go up to the stage, and, like, Nightmare Family people start coming out, and they're like, it's Lee Johnson's first win in AEW, isn't this amazing, and I was like, Oh, that's why they plugged Cody's Black History shirt at the beginning of the match. This is the obligatory AEW Black History month segment. I mean, it didn't feel like that. I mean, I didn't think that in a cynical way. I was like, oh, this is a nice, wholesome thing to do for Black History. But it it wasn't the fact
1: that Lee Johnson was black. It's the fact that he lost a lot and he was being self-conscious and worrying about his place in wrestling. And like, it's a good story.
0: It just I, happens that Lee Johnson's not I haven't heard anyone talking about this story, which is the crazy thing, because Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler, Peter, Peter Avalon was in this match, and all last year he had that whole thing with Brandon Cutler of like, we both keep losing, we'll fight each other because then somebody has to win, and there were like three different ways they both got counted out until finally Brandon Cutler got his first win. Um, Like, that was such a big deal to people. I never heard anybody mention that this was going on with Lee Johnson, so it completely blindsided me in the most wonderful, wholesome way, especially when Tony Schiavone is like, hey, kid, you want to cut a promo? And Lee Johnson is just like, I didn't prepare anything. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Dustin. I love you all. Thank you for believing me. Do the
1: work. But, like, goddamn, they fucking planted seeds for something because QT is just going like, what but excuse me i i trained you my name wasn't said okay i guess yeah like that's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. but also uh caesar was
0: fucking nice in this he he did a lot of cool shit yeah him and him and take conte seem to be like two people that could have been amazing in nxt and wwe just let them slip through their fingers
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the story for the next few years. Oh, WWE could have done something really good with them, but they let him slip by.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, to an extent, we can say that about Pack, Brody Lee, John Moxley, Miro, Cody. Cody. That's kind of, like, that's, and that's one thing I appreciate with AEW is like they have a bunch of the. The other company didn't see anything in me. I'm here to prove myself, people, and they don't. Like, that's a part oh, of their character.
0: Only one who has that story.
1: Yeah, that's. But like, a lot of them have that element within their character. Mm-hmm. But it's not a part of their story. Like Miro said, M- Miro has that vibe of like, other people didn't take notice of me, so I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be the best. I am the best. I am the best mm-hmm. dressed. I am the most handsome. I am the strongest. I am the toughest. I I am the
0: most ruthless, ruthless in the ring. Like, if you watch his YouTube channel, he just bought a brand new custom gaming rig because he didn't feel that the one he was using was up to snuff. But, like, he, like... And if you know your history, the
1: WWE thing kind of adds to it because he's like, no, I was the best, and they didn't see it, so I'm just gonna fucking flaunt it. Mm-hmm. was Conte wasn't, wasn't in WWE much, so it's not really a big part of a character, but, like, Pac, like, he, like... That's part of his character of being basically told, no, stay home, fucking ate away at a chip in his shoulder, and he is just super mega pissed. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many opportunities he's going to get, he is always going to remember and think back to those nine months where he was on the shelf, doing nothing, wasting away his career. He is eternally the angriest boy. But like that's part of his character. WWE informed it, but it's not the overarching part of his identity. Wow.
0: Shit. I guess Triple H really does believe in long-term
1: <laughs> God damn it. But you get what I'm saying? Like they, it like it informs a lot of the characters, but it's not the it's not the main drive for a lot of them. Yeah. But like Yeah, no, this was a good, feel-good, like, very good babyface,
0: prevails kind of uh, Mm -hmm. segment. But also, also, uh, because Cody got shoot-injured during this match, and this injury takes, like, four months to recover from, I'm making a little prediction here. Lee Johnson's going to replace Cody in the Shaq match, and I don't have to pay attention to this feud anymore!
1: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be... That's gonna be... I Part of me feels like they may not do the match because I think most of it was gonna be Cody leading Shaq through a wrestling match.
0: But, like, imagine Lee Johnson just bouncing off of Shaq like a pinball. Ooh, that'd be fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> but... That's it for or this. No, you know what it's going to be? It's not going to be Lee Johnson. Cuz they can't get the face of TNT. They're going to get the next best thing. The natural.
1: And Dustin Dustin can get a fucking match out of Shaq.
0: Mhm. Dustin like that oh, That be funny. like Here's the thing. Sh- to to me, Shaq has no charisma. So, this feud has been so one sided and boring. And, like, I've been. I've not even been remotely excited for the match because, like, Capote's my boy. He's a great wrestler. But, like, even if he can get a great match out of Shaq, I'm not that interested in it. Dustin is such a good fucking wrestler that I kind of have to see that match if it happens.
1: Just to see how he fucking salvages it. Because mm-hmm. in that match, he's the ring general. He's telling everybody what to do.
0: Yeah, it's him, two of his students, because he teaches the girls' class in AEW, and then some celebrity fucker who he's got to lead around. Some celebrity
1: fucker who probably took a couple lessons from Dustin to make sure he doesn't hurt himself.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But speaking of hurting yourself... The Young Bucks are backstage with Dasha Gonzalez, because because the Young Bucks do a lot of stunts that can possibly injure them. That's the through line. That's the through line. Uh, Dasha Gonzalez, they call, uh, they ask the Good Brothers why they interfered with Battle Royal, and we get similar things to what uh, was on BTE. It's just like, no, we were trying to fuck over a Private Party, you were kind of an afterthought, we... Yeah, no, 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 we're, we're You're trying You're to your pose. you should be mad at them, not us. Yeah, 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 uh, go be angry at uh, Santana and Ortiz, Just go do that, distraction, mm-hmm. pay no attention mm-hmm. to the fact that we're working with Kenny Omega and we're usurping so many things
0: and we're laying groundwork for being duplicitous bastards. Also, apparently Sting's right off camera, and now we're gonna go to sweet him, because remember that Sting was in the NWO. He was in Wolfpack! Wolfpack, bros! Wolfpack! Like, literally, Luke Gallows saying, Stinger, will you too sweet me? Just popped me so much, and I don't know why.
1: The Good Brothers are fucking Kevin Smiths of wrestling.
0: Yeah? And you know what's crazy about that? I don't like Kevin Smith that much, but I fucking love the Good Brothers. They're hilarious.
1: But it's that same kind of, like, continuity joke vibe that Kevin Smith has when he talks about comics and shit. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, he's wrote comics, too. And from what I've heard, they aren't bad. And just to clarify, in case this clip ever comes back to bite me in the ass, I don't mean I hate Kevin Smith. I don't have any, like, dislike towards him. I'm just completely apoplectic towards everything he does. He's never done anything that's made me go like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. You, you, like his, his movies,
1: they ebb and flow.
0: Yeah. His um, stand-up, it happens. It's not really a stand-up, his it's a and a technically. Are not something I've ever listened to. You Noah's know fun, though, and he
1: barely has anything to do with it. Uh, the reality show he produced, Comic Book Men.
0: I watched a few episodes of that back when it was new, and it was it was okay. It was Pawn Stars for comic book nerds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all and... Pawn Stars is just, oh, cool, look at that neat thing. Embarrassingly... I was very back in the I was very into Pawn Stars back when it was new for like the first three seasons. That was something me and my dad watched whenever there was a new episode. That or American Pickers. Yes, American
1: Pickers was so good, and no one ever talks about it anymore. It was solid. Give shit for History Channel, yes, but like, look at this neat old thing. It's just a good format.
0: Reality TV can be good when it's just all a series of YouTube videos strung together. Because LGR is
1: just, look at this old neat thing. Mm -hmm. Aged wheels, look at this old neat thing. Technology connection, look at this old neat thing.
0: Tested is just, look at this cool new thing. And then occasionally, look at this old neat thing. Yeah. Lioness tech tips. Yeah. Um, but uh, then after the break, <laughs> uh, because they went from one Dasha segment into another Dasha segment, so quick Dasha, break run, run. Break. run, Dasha, run. Like literally, as they were two sweeting sting, Dasha's like running through. She, Dasha also has access to the Speed Force, and now she's going over to the other side of Daly's place, where H- Hangman Adam Page is, uh, and, and she goes to ask him about his partnership with Matt Hardy and and he basically goes to say something about it and then Matt walks in and he's like hey hey dude dude I get it you don't want to be a part of a tag team anymore but like we had such a great match like however long ago it was now it was like two weeks ago we should totally celebrate so you know what I rented out a bar for us. All of it's going to be paid for. Just come and drink to your heart's content and hang out with me and we'll we'll tell stories. It'll be a grand old time. Come with me to the bar. And and Hangman's just like, all right, if you're paying, let me go get my jacket. And then he walks over and uh, there's the entire Dark Order. And it's super awkward. I love how they're kind of
1: treating the Dark Order as one singular unit, and this was a failed relationship angle. Yeah, it's so good. You know? Uh,
0: But Anna Jay's still giving him the stink eye. Yeah. That's great. Like, everything, it's so good, because, like... There's always a little bit of separation between BT and Dynamite, but not with Dark Order. It's like, all that shit, that happened. That is perfectly... Especially now that they're Uh in
1: uh, complete face mode. Uh Uh-huh. And you're like, right now the story's just, you want Hangman to be with people who care about him genuinely. And Matt Hardy is just sucking
0: up. Like, you know how the announce table advertises BT whenever the Young Bucks have a match? They yeah. should start doing that whenever Dark Order has a match. I can see that. I can see that. It's like, watch Being the Elite. I know it's called Being the Elite, but it's the Dark Order show guest starring the Elite. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, yeah, that was, it was an awkward sec, like, awkward in a good way. It was meant to be an awkward yeah. uh, segment, but next up, we had some great work. From the Bastard Pac with his boy Phoenix at ringside. And Hollywood hunk
0: Ryan Nemeth. Not not just there for a cup of coffee. Ryan Nemeth's sticking around. No, he's there for a cup of coffee and a croissant. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, last week he showed that he could work. This week he shows
1: that he can sell. Goddamn. Those selling genes run in that family. Yeah. Because Pac just beats him half to a thing. Uh, Ryan gets a couple good hits in every once in a while, but like just enough that it's not a straight squash match. No, enough that you can go like, oh yeah, no. Ryan Nemeth can still work. He can still do some dope shit. Uh, But Mm -hmm. uh, but Pac does the uh, does his big flying flippy move, gets in the brutalizer, taps out, continues to hold on, and Ryan's just going like, oh god, fuck this shit. Is this what my brother has to deal with every week?
0: (laughs) Uh, It was a good, solid little match. Probably my favorite part of it was just Pac's entrance because it it literally clicked in my head that, like, oh, now that Penta's gone, Ray Phoenix is just playing Robin to Pac's Batman, and it's great. Um, Also, just so I really enjoy
1: how Ryan Nemeth's uh, bro, uh, Dolph Ziggler, continues to promote his matches... On did? social-
0: I didn't see this week.
1: It was on a story on Instagram. Okay. Or Facebook or one of those kind of things. It was a story. Yeah. He uh, was like, it was the match graphic. And I was kind of like, ew, I, why would anybody want to watch this kind of <laughs> joke? Uh. For all the shit we can give Dolph Ziggler, and I don't think it's Dolph Ziggler deserving of the shit. I think it's management and Dolph Ziggler.
0: He is the perpetual guy who takes the L so other people can move up the ladder. And I think he's accepted that, and he's just trying to have as much fun with that role as he can.
1: Oh, yeah. And I hope Ryan doesn't get immediately
0: that with AEW. You
1: know what I mean? No,
0: no, no. Like, I'm not super into Ryan, but I think the dude should eventually get a shot at the TNT title at the fair He, he He works well... He... I'm not
1: gonna... I wouldn't go so far as to say he's full-on, like, pure AEW material. But, like, I can see him working a good
0: couple angles in AEW. Weirdly, he strikes me more as an impact guy than he does an AEW guy. But, like, he also works in AEW. Yeah. It, It... He would be A-plus in
1: Impact, he is a B in AEW. Not in terms of work rate or anything, but, like, compatibility. Yeah. Similar to a vein, like... Like, like Lance Archer is a B in Impact, A in, uh, a in AEW, A in uh, New Japan. Yeah. And Cody's, like, A in AEW, B in New Japan. He works in New Japan, but
0: he works really great in AEW. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Because in AEW he can play the face, and in New Japan he has to play the evil maniacal foreign heel. And Cody kinda works in that role, but also he's extremely cheesy in that Yeah, he, he plays it like he would like he would be
1: going up against his dad in the eighties.
0: Yeah. Like Well, when he's a face, he's his podcast? dad in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Anybody else remember those contacts he was wearing in New Japan for a minute? Because I do. No, what were they? Oh, God, I can't actually remember now. I'll show you an image later. Okay, cool. Uh, but, um, yeah. Then we got a, uh, a video package, which was partially recapping the wedding, partially Miro cutting a promo on uh, Trent or uh, Chuck for betraying him and uh, Orange Cassidy for popping out of the wedding cake. And he's basically like, hey, Orange Cassidy, uh, I no longer care about Chuck. My feud with him's over. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you because you're the reason the wedding got ruined. You're the mastermind. I can see the wheels working behind your head, you little fucker. That's going to be a fun match, though.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Miro versus like, Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, just with his hands in his pocket, no selling everything Miro does, and he's like, "Wake got me Wake up, baby! Wake up, and, and he just works himself into a shoot. Uh, it's going to
1: be—it's gonna—it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. I also like the kind of vibe that Miro's going. Like, I don't blame Chuck. I blame you because you're a bad influence.
0: Yeah. Charles is not. My- My sweet Charles is such an angel. He could never do anything so mean without such a toxic boy in his life, such as you, Orange. And I love Orange Cassidy's fucking response.
1: What the fuck did he expect would happen?
0: (laughs) It's Uh, like, it's wrestling. You know the tropes. Come on.
1: uh, But we're backstage getting ready for the next big match, and Dasha... It pops in and goes like, Hey, what's up Jericho? What's up all this? And MJF comes in and goes like Sammy's fucking off the, the fucking office rocker. He punched me and like everybody's going like why would Sammy uh working are uh, we gotta fucking go, we gotta go. We can't we can't think about this right now, we gotta have a match. Uh, so they go out, have uh uh do their entrance with um Judas. Took me a second. Uh, and then the acclaim come in and go like, Hey, we're gonna rap and insult you. As we want, and they're they're really like their gimmick is getting over. I think.
0: Yeah, I I love their pre match freestyles, especially whenever they cut to the the opposing team's reaction shots, because MJF in in during this was just staring at them wide eyed, like he he had no idea what they were gonna say, and he's just like, "Whoa, dude, you went for that? That's great. Okay, yeah."
1: Uh, and then you went like, oh, right, I'm supposed to be angry. Erg. Yeah. Uh, but they have a fun, cool match, really put over the acclaim. They look, other than the one boombox spot, they look like really cool baby faces. Because, hey, in Inner Circle, they have to play the heel. Uh-huh. But ultimately, uh, Inner Circle does play the heel, and Chris Jericho uh, gets a distraction version of the Juice Effect. It's opposite Effective. And they win one, two, three, and then Sammy Guevara comes out the heel entrance, and goes like, "All right, I'm here to say my piece. I said if MJF did one more thing uh, that pissed me off, I would quit the Inner Circle. Well, guess what? He did one more thing to piss me off. I'm sorry, Chris, I'm quitting. And like all the Inner Circles going like, "Sammy, Sammy, come on, we don't, we don't, you don't have to do this." Sammy goes like, "Nope,
0: nope." He sits there. As soon as the words, I quit, or I'm leaving the inner circle, leave Sammy's mouth, MJF just turns to the camera and gives the best, ain't I a stinker? Look, I've seen it a while.
1: Oh, God, it's great. Um, and and, And Sammy goes up to the stage. He sits there for a second and contemplates, and he walks to the right to the face tunnel.
0: He's a good boy now. Especially because we later get a segment of uh, Marbez going up to interview Sammy as he's leaving through a gate that literally has a sign on it that says no re entry. Um, And Sammy's just like. Yeah, I don't want to do an interview about this right now. I'm already over it in my head. I just need some time away to refocus and and get get myself back together. And I'm like, oh, we're going full-on repackaging. He's not coming back till after Revolution. And when he comes back, he's going to be a full-on face. I can see that. but part
1: of me also goes like, what if this is Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara hatching a plan? To fucking fuck over MJF. That would be interesting. I'm not saying I that's the direction going they're going. Direction. I can, I don't think they're going that direction. I don't. It doesn't feel like it right now. But it was just like, oh, that was a thought I had. Is like, oh, what if they're trying to bamboozle MJF?
0: Yeah. Well, you gotta remember Jericho did have that private talk with him uh, after last week. So yeah, it uh, is entirely plausible. But yeah. Um but yeah, uh, a great, great segment. Um something they have been teasing for a while that kinda went off really well. Yeah. Uh, and actually did hit a bit of an emotional beat for me. I w I wasn't like tearing up or anything, but as Sammy left I was kinda like, Oh, Sammy, don't go. Buddy, buddy pal, buddy friend. I like your shirt. It's this woman in a cool font, and there's like galaxies behind I it. I think it was neither that? That's, I think it was a Nyla that's Nyla Rose?
1: I think it looks. If that's an Isla Rose shirt, I'm buying an Isla Rose shirt. Hold on. Let me go look at AEW Shop while you introduce the next segment.
0: Okay. Uh, so we go to the bar, and uh, Hangman and Matt are talking. He's telling some story, and Matt's, of course, overreacting to it, uh, being like, oh, that's hilarious. That's the best thing ever. Hey, keep drinking. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. Um, also, you know. I know you don't want to be in a tag team or anything, but you could you could definitely use a hand getting getting up in the rankings again. So, you know, I've got this whole burgeoning Matt Hardy brand faction thing going on. you, you want to sign for that? I, I just happen to have one of those contracts, the exact same one I had private party sign on me. Why, why, why don't you sign? Hey, man. Hey, man. Why don't you sign for me? Oh, buddy. Hey, and,
1: buddy. Hey, pal. And, give me money.
0: Yeah, and Hangman's, like, taking a drink, and he goes, like, yeah, okay, why not? And so Matt hands him the contract, and then turns to the camera and starts going on about, like, cameraman, I brought you here, because I needed this document. And he's going to be really angry when he sobers up in the morning, but, like, this is actual video evidence. He's signed this contract. He's he's in this deal, now, This is great. And all the while he's doing this, Hangman just reaches into his coat, pulls out a set of papers, sets it takes the contract, puts it in his coat, and then signs the set of papers he pulled out. And then when Matt turns back, he's like, all right, man, here you go. You should probably sign this too. And Matt's like, oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, I'm going to go get this notarized. Uh, You you have fun, though. You got the bar the whole rest of the night. Drink as much as you want. Bye, buddy. And uh, we then get announced that um, the Matt Hardy brand will be taking on Chaos Project and TH2 next week. And I'm imagining there's going to be some sort of angle after that uh, where we reveal that Matt Hardy signed a match for, I'm guessing, him versus Hangman Adam Page at Revolution.
1: I could see that. I could also see if it, it being like, oh, now Matt Hardy owes uh, Hangman ever so much per match.
0: Mm-hmm. Or Hangman got private party to our royalties back. Oh, that'd be neat. Mm-hmm. Nice little baby face with just, like, goodwill gesture kind of a thing. Hey, sorry. Party, I... like, uh, actually, we're heels now, uh, so fuck you. You screwed with our boss, we're gonna fuck you up. Uh, does this, does, does this mean I
1: don't have to pay you the $12 anymore? <laughs> that'd
0: be so great. Um... But then,
1: uh, oh, this is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to find the shirt yet, so I'll go back and look at it. But we're in the ring for a segment that was announced involving Tony Schiavone and Sting. And Chris Taz Wendell. interrupts.
0: go. Yes? I'm officially tired of Sting. I can see that. Yeah. I mean I'm not Matt, I'm not like beating my head against the wall like I was with this the Cody Shack thing last week but I'm just like I I've seen enough of this man. I I've seen enough
1: of this man doing the same thing. They needed like here's the thing they needed to I think I think it's a mixture of A Sting wants to be there and he wants to do mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they're being way too gentle with him. Gentle with him and they 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 want to make them happy. This it's a mixture of things. is It's also it's also I think the recap problem of like some shows like they don't know who's new who might be coming into AEW or might just be channel surfing and go like oh wait Sting's back oh shit I need every that. comic is somebody's first comic exactly so they keep bringing Sting out to kind of make for channel surfers to go like oh Sting's back cool kind of thing. Uh, but this week, I think, is the best we've had in the past few weeks, where Team Taz does interrupt and goes like, Hey, Sting, you're a loser. We're winners. We're cool. You're not. That whole shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the camera does pan to behind the car, and Ricky Starks and Brian Cage are zipping up a bag as they hold up the head of Darby Allen eaten unconscious, in a body bag. They zip it up, and they drive
0: off. And I'm just going like, yes! Now, does... Because I wrote it this way in the card. Does that or does that not qualify as an F-word drag? I don't
1: know.
0: Because, like, I I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, and it's a South... That is specifically a South Park reference... To dragging a gay person by their hair, but I'm but I'm like it's in a pickup truck, and it's it's gonna have the same amount of damage. Like his scalp's still gonna get fucked up. So,
1: but he's in a body bag. Mm -hmm. He's protected. You know damn well they had
0: at least some kind of padding underneath them in the body bag. They probably didn't even turn. They probably just like as soon as they were out of the camera's range, they just very slowly applied the brakes. Yeah. Uh, but it's um, a great
1: little thing. It it, it makes Teen Taz seem really threatening and imposing. It it's a way for them to get one over the baby faces without genuinely getting one over the baby faces. Cause this is kind of shit that
0: Darby would do to himself on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, this this part of the segment was great, but then they cut back to the ring, and Sting just turns around and casually walks into the tunnel, and Excalibur on commentary is like, Sting in hot pursuit of Darby Allin and Team Tez, and I'm like, that's not even a brisk walk. But he's Sting, he has teleportation
1: powers, he just needs to be outside of the camera's view.
0: That's, that's true, but like, I don't know, man. like, this I, was this wasn't terrible but also if you're going to do something with Sting do something do something neat with Sting and like it wouldn't be half as bad if it wasn't for the fact that every fucking week they go and there's going to be a segment where Sting addresses the audience just to just cuz like Sting's name will inherently pop the rating which was true the first three times. It hasn't been the subsequent eight times. Yeah. Again,
1: it it feels like Sting's back in the game, and he wants to be back in the game. And they're going like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a thing with you, Sting. Uh, we have this whole big thing. We'll do something. We'll do something. And they, mm-hmm. and it's it's a something. It is it. What it has been? It's been three segments. Stretched over two months.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, and you know, I just thought of a very easy way they could have fixed the problem this week. Just follow this up before the main event. Have, like, you don't even have to have Sting fight Team Taz. Just have a segment where Sting catches up to the car and gets Darby out of the body bag and. Hell, even make it a comedy bit. Just, like, Sting wakes up Darby and he's like, Kid, are you alright? And he's like, yeah, that was awesome. Can you do it to me now? Like, I would be fine if they did that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the segment was fine. It was cool. It's a little too... Not enough too late, but I thought it was fine and it did pick up the angle for me. The angle's not fixed. The angle's not perfect. It did pick it up. It went from a D to a C.
0: I did like that. Taz also struck a different tone. He wasn't just doing the same. Oh, I'm angry, grumpy old man that he's been doing for the last few promos. He was like, Sting, it's me, powerhouse Hobbs. We're gonna drag your boy around. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Like, Again, he was, he was like, he was channeling
1: Mr. Krabs. It wasn't the worst, but it was better than what we've been having.
0: Indeed. Um. But then, uh, Alex Marbez is, uh, it's earlier that day, Alex Marbez is on a golf course and he comes up to Kenny Omega, who looks just spiffy in golf duds, My Oh, yes, very spiffy. Uh, and and he goes like, hi, Kenny, what the fuck are you doing playing golf when you have a big match tonight? Shouldn't you be, like, training or, like, Talking watching tag team soccer partner? matches? have been in or i don't know talking to kenta like what even made you think it was a good idea to book this match when kenta literally told you to go fuck yourself and and kenny just blows him off he he hits a shot and then just proceeds to blow marvez off and it's just like dude look you really think I'm going to be huddled around a monitor watching old tapes with Don Callis today? You think I'm going to I'm gonna go to the dungeon and train with Kenta? Look, I'm the best wrestler. Ever. Everybody agrees I'm the best wrestler ever. I win all the matches. I haven't lost a match in months. And uh, that's not going to change anytime soon. So you know what I'm doing here? You know what I'm doing on this golf course? i'm reconnecting with nature i'm clearing my mind and calming my spirit so that i can be prepared for the insane battle that i'm going to be a part of tonight that's what i'm doing that's what i'm doing and then all of a sudden don's just like oh you got it kiddo and he turns around and like if you i didn't notice this but people were pointing it out if you pay attention to the background the entire time kenny is cutting this promo Don Kaus is just like slowly moving the golf ball in the background until he gets it in the hole and he starts yelling at Kenny like oh you got a hole in one great job your car's up oh man you're so good golf terms here Marvez keep this as a memento it'll be worth stuffing on eBay one day uh bye <laughs> just like continuing to but but what's the word uh pump up Kenny's
1: ego oh yeah God damn, it's going to be fucking hilarious when that whole thing blows apart in Kenny's face. Yeah. Ah oh, man. But, speaking of things blowing the fuck up. Legit Layla Hirsch versus Thunder. Whoa, whoa, whoa Rosa.
0: Is it just me or did Layla have new music this week? I don't remember. Yeah, that was the thing. Was I was like, I don't remember this being Layla's theme, but it might have been, and I just didn't notice the last time she was on Dynamite. It was good. It was a good thing. Yeah, uh, and this uh-huh. was a fucking good match. This was such a great match, and you know what? Uh, before we go any further, quick shout out to my girl Thunder Rosa for wearing Aberate Killer of. Bakury Sentai ABA Ranger of the Super Sentai series inspired gear. Now can That's you explain that in Power Ranger it terms? is the white Dragon Ranger from Power Rangers Dino Thunder?
1: Because here's the thing it's a Power Rangers reference, and you know it because he's the Dino Thunder Ranger. What's her name?
0: Was, uh... by the way that's entirely a bit I haven't even seen operaera Ranger
1: oh yeah no <laughs> I mean Dino Thunder' is fucking great why I, I don't need even... oh, yeah. it has one but of the literally, it has genuinely
0: one of the best American only villains Dino Thunder is technically my first season I watched I saw bits and pieces of it on ABC Kids uh, when I was very young. The first season I actually, like, consciously watched and paid attention to was SPD. So I kind of considered them both my first season. And, uh, like, SPD is my favorite season. Dino Thunder is, like, my second favorite season. Occasionally, Lightspeed will jump ahead of it in my mind. They go back and forth. But, like, no, Mezagog was probably one of the best American-only villains. Oh, no, Mezagog is fantastic. And, you know, um, to tie into the gear Thunder Rosa was wearing... Uh, though it did get muddled at times, the, the Six Ranger arc in that season was really good.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, but, speaking of really good, this fucking match, cause goddamn, yeah. you have a little tiny suplex machine, uh, going for holds and everything, and you have Thunder Rosa, who's just a great striker, just going at each other, beating the shit out of each other.
0: Goddamn. You know what I just thought of? remember a few weeks ago when layla hirsch made her dynamite debut and we were like oh layla hirsch she's got to be on team taz at some point that's got to happen oh yeah no she just fits yeah now i want a storyline of after that happens and like dark order's walking around they got a female member team taz is walking around they got a female member chris jericho all of a sudden is like guys why don't we have a female member in the inner circle Weren't we the first faction in this company? What the hell is going on? We're slipping! We're slipping! Somebody find a
1: woman! I mean the elite have a woman, she's pregnant right now, but they have a woman.
0: And then and then they like go and try to try to bribe Nyla Rose into joining and she's just like fuck off. <laughs> oh god, that'd be funny.
1: Chris Jericho yeah. and Nyla Rose in the intergender tag match against like John Silver and Anna Jay and uh Ooh. powerhouse and uh, Layla Hirsch that'd be a fun oh. that'd be a fun triple threat
0: man Layla Hirsch would probably be literally powerhouse half of powerhouse's size oh dude just imagine Layla Hirsch trying
1: to suplex suplexing Nyla Rose
0: for some reason I I now have the visual of Layla Hirsch Riding on Powerhouse's shoulders in my like jungle boy. <laughs> yes. No. 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 No.
1: This is a weird joke. Remember that? Have you you've seen the screenshot of the tall woman and the short woman from that one lesbian porn?
0: Uh huh.
1: That's just a Nyla Rose and Layla Hirsch up Her just
0: you are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she like she goes to suplex Nyla Rose and Nyla Rose just picks her up and throws her into the buckle. Uh, but that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh man, fantasy booking—it's a hell of a drug. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, it was a fun match. It was cool. It was great. But Thunder Rosa goes on in the tournament because, of course, oh, she excuse is. Excuse me. She is the. The person they're, that they're building, booking, she she's a focus of the division right
0: now. So it makes sense I mean, that she would go on. I mean, this match, from a fan's perspective, from our perspective, was really a no-lose scenario. Just because, like, either we get this new star we're really into, or we get somebody who we've been really into for a long time moving forward in the tournament. And they went with the person who we've been really into for a long time. Which, from a booking perspective, makes more sense. Oh, yeah, especially because
1: they may be booking towards uh, Britt Baker being uh, Britt Baker and her being in the semifinals on the American side and kind of having a rematch, uh, not because of a few, but because of internal logic,
0: which be fun. So I think just because she's the most popular person and she's been endorsed by several top AEW uh, people after she was announced... Maki Ito is definitely winning on the Japanese side. Who do you want more? Her versus Thunder Rosa or her versus Britt Baker?
1: Here's the thing: Thunder Rosa would be a better match because Thunder Rosa could help uh, cover some of Maki Ito's failings. Because here's the thing: Maki Ito is still relatively new in wrestling. Mm-hmm. She's not the greatest. She's only been she's only been wrestling for like three years, right? Three three or so years. But a lot of her character work, for a good part of it, was being shit on purpose. So she couldn't really practice real good grabs. What I'm saying. Uh, but Thunder Rose would be able to help her hide some of the, the faults, make a better match. But goddamn, I want to see Britt Baker and Maki Ito have a shouting match where Maki Ito does the, I, I am Japanese! I don't speak English!
0: What the fuck you talking about? Yes. Um Also, could you imagine Maki Ito comes to AEW, they give her a contract, and then Dustin Dustin Rhodes just adopts her as his shit daughter. <laughs> it's like, I will I notice you have some issues in the ring, let me train you. And she's just like, Motherfucker! What? Fucking fuck! Damn shit! Those are the only English words you know, aren't they? And Michael's Nakazawa is just standing off to the side like, yes, yes, just train her. Don't worry. She's actually really nice. She's just... Very insecure.
1: Say <laughs> uh, she's the cutest at least once a day and you're good. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, just I cannot wait for when Maki Ito is in a, in a full American stadium and she is on the turnbuckle and just goes... Who is the cutest? And the whole American crowd goes, Maki Ito. Mm. Goddamn, she's gonna fucking do great in America. Like, it, like, so, like... Uh, but we also get... No, wait, do you want to talk about the Japanese side of the tournament? Because it's a tiny thing. I don't
0: actually actually remember the brackets. But Um, uh, we got the Japanese side of the tournament announced as YouTube exclusive. And look, okay, on the one hand, I understand this. The matches aren't going to be quite up to TNT level quality in terms of, like, directing and just general... Aesthetic. Right, like... We'll probably, at best, we'll probably get stuff like the Nightmare Factory episodes, which isn't terrible. I like that aesthetic, but I can understand why they'd want to put it on YouTube instead of actually on TV. On the other hand, this tournament is supposed to be about pushing the women's stars really hard and actually committing to that division, and yet it's still only getting one segment on Dynamite a week. Feels like a half measure. I understand why it is this way, but I'm just saying to somebody who doesn't understand that it would feel like a half measure and like like a a broken promise.
1: I can see that, but we're also getting all four of the first initial women's divisions Japanese matches in one go, which is going to be fun we're getting the next American side of the match next week on Dynamite. We're probably going to get the next two and the next next week on Dynamite.
0: Yeah.
1: And depending on how it works on YouTube, we may get the next two Japanese matches at least highlighted, like five-minute highlight reels on Dynamite.
0: That's true. And we may get that anyway on Dynamite. We'll probably also get interview segments on uh, the je- on the YouTube. And here's the thing: they c- here's a- this isn't. Dude, Hikaru Shida flew to Japan. Could you imagine? Like the interview segments are just her going up to other joshi's being like, "So why do you want my belt? Why Why are you trying to take my belt? Why are you being that rude? Why you want to fight me?" That and Makita's just like, "Fuck
1: you," because I am cuter than you. Oh man. car she just just like shit that's a good argument. uh but like here's the other thing it's all japanese matches and if we do get interview segments it's going to be most comfortable
0: for, comfortable for them it's going to be in japanese oh my god am i gonna have to watch wrestling fans learn how to read subtitles that'll be a fun experience But having it on YouTube means that they can be a little bit
1: more loose with that format and be Mm -hmm. more Japanese sub, be more subtitle based. That could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I agree. I would have loved to see him on Dynamite, but I can totally understand because remember Dynamite now is live again with a crowd, crowd, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to have a ten-minute segment. That you just show to the crowd for, and it's like, you don't do that to the live crowd. What, what else do you do?
0: There, sorry, boingo. There are these things called dark matches that you typically do when you throw to something that's not going to excite the crowd that much. I'm, I'm saying from a logistical,
1: like there is reasons for anything. This does not feel
0: malicious yeah and i mean like i'm not even i'm not even trying to say that it's malicious or argue that it is i'm just saying it could could be construed as that and like as somebody who has been sticking up for this women's division for so long i feel like oh we were on the cusp of being validated and now they're doing this and we're just going to get beaten down again like, it's, it's more me going, ah, shit, I'm going to have to listen to people bitch about this, than it is me going, ah, this is fucking stupid. But also, it's free
1: on YouTube, and that'd be much more easily shared for the Joshis. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, True. no, t- tune in on Dynamite at this time to see some dope women wrestlers. You can just go like, no, you want to see some of the best women's wrestling? <laughs> fucking watch this. Agreed. Like, there's pros and cons, and Tony Khan and uh, Hikaru Ishida and Kenny Omega and the booking staff at AEW probably weighed all of them, and they were like, this might just be the best option. Mm -hmm. At least it's not a blank segment on Dark, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not just throwing it into Dark. It is its own special, premier AEW content, similar to the Women's Tag Team Tournament.
0: I was going to say something. You made me think of something, and I lost it. Uh, If you remember,
1: we'll just bring it back up. But I I think I'm in you. I'm
0: gone. Like, did you uh, – are you aware that there's, like, a booking group text? That's how they book is via group text, Uh and it's going 24-7. Like, Matt Jackson has said that, like, he'll be up at 3 a.m. just texting with Tony Khan or Cody or – Whoever is also in the chat at the time, and his wife will be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Go to sleep. We're doing wrestling. I'm doing a wrestle. No, you're not. You're trying to go to sleep. I mean, it it works with what
1: because they can go back and check everything. Everything's recorded.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean like we're all we're joking with that. Like Dana, Dana Massey is also the um merchandise head of merchandise for aew so she probably understands
1: yep but uh i'm excited for the japanese side of the tournament either way oh
0: yes yes i'm sure these are all going to be great matches
1: uh Um, your pick is going up against aja kong i'm sorry
0: um you know it was a fun 10 seconds But uh, you know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna slowly get off
1: of that train. You can always and join the Neo Maki Respect Army.
0: I'm. I'm an honorary member, but you know. <laughs> uh, I, dude, I can't not send Fushida. It's just it's in my veins now. You, you, oh, there's also Yuka, Yuka Sakazaki. That's true, but like. Sheeta and uh, Oh my god, I literally just blanked on her name. Deity of shit. Oh, Maki Ito. Yeah. Sheeta Shida and Makiito are like Yeah, in my age group, you're I could I could see myself dating you kinda waifu's um fantasy. Um whereas Yuka Sakazaki, is a legitimate MILF. Like The magical girl kids, with the the genie pants. But she's like 40 years old and she has kids. She she is on Asuka's love. No. Yeah, you didn't know Dude, you're the one who told me this way back when she debuted for AEW. I don't Dude, you
1: know my brain. It is shit. It is not a good brain.
0: So, like, Yuka Zakazaki is appealing to me, but Sheeta beats her out in the same way that Shida beats Asuka out. There's no year on Wikipedia.
1: Hmm, I thought it was on the Google. No, she debuted December 1st, 2013. There's no year. She was born December 27th.
0: Um, I could have sworn we had this conversation. Of, Emi Sakura, like, me going was it Emi Sakura. It was Emi Sakura. Okay, I don't remember simping for Emi Sakura. But... I don't know.
1: Maybe I don't like. I know mm-hmm. we had a conversation. It's like, oh, she's old. She's older than we thought we-
0: she was. Uh-huh. Than we thought she was. Okay. Well, then, yeah, you know what? Y- 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 Yuka Sakasaki, I'll send for Yuka. Yay, we figured it out. We figured it out. We figured out exactly how garbage I am. Very garbage. Mm-hmm.
1: But enough about the Japanese side of the tournament. Yeah. We have uh, a follow up segment to uh, the FTR segment from last week. Uh, Tony Giovanni's mm-hmm. backstage with Jungle Boy, and Jungle, he basically goes like, hey, Jungle Boy, you wanted to have a segment on Dynamite to kind of uh, speak your mind. Here you go. And Jungle Boy basically goes like, hey, FTR, we didn't fucking rat at you out. We wanted you to be in there because we wanted to kick your ass. You didn't have to... Fuck, fuck you for kidnapping Marco stunt. We want to fight you.
0: Mm-hmm. So where do you stand on this whole thing? Because they kind of just went, oh, Marco's fine, don't worry about it. A lot of people were like, no, that's a legitimate crime. Like, this should be taking... If this is the sports-based wrestling company, they should be taking that way more seriously. Kidnapping? What? And I'm kind of like, yes, I agree, but also it's wrestling, who cares? Yeah, I think there's... There, like, all
1: you needed to do was have Jungle Boy say, and you know what? We're not pressing charges. Because we yeah. understand your... Ang-. Like, have that understanding of, like we're, like, we're not pressing charges. We... Like, in the eyes of the law, we forgive you. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, full-on courtroom drama. Just acknowledge, yes, the law exists. Moving on in mm-hmm. a similar way uh, of like I can see darby allen just going like yeah no I'm not fucking I'm not a drop charges no they did I went there willingly you know that kind of
0: thing I've had Saturday nights more crazy than that come on yeah the baseball bat to the head was worse than that come on
1: <laughs> uh, but uh yeah basically call uh, jungle boy was calling them out he got to look like a big tough baby face uh yeah we're gonna probably get a the, match time, with the I'm just go ahead. We're probably gonna get the planned match of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus FTR. Without yeah. Marco Stunt coming in and going like I'm tiny and I'm Marco Stunt and fuck you. Mm-hmm. Oh god damn. Uh, Imagine Marco Stunt interacting with Maki Ito. Oh my god.
0: She'd probably like adopt him. Like, uh, she's just, she just walks out of the crowd during the match of F- 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 FDR versus Jurassic Express. And, and he's, like, shouting at Tully Blanchard, and then she just slowly walks into frame. And he's like, who are you? Your I am the mom. deity of shit. Come with me. Guys, I'm being kidnapped again. But
1: she's kind of cute. I don't think I mind. All right, we'll see you later. Have fun storming the castle. Have fun storming the castle. But uh, setting up another match with FTR and Jurassic. It's going to be fun. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. mind this feud continuing.
0: I'm mm-hmm. like, going off of the whole backstage thing we've been talking about with Dax Harwood really wanting to get Jungle Boy over, this whole promo, I was just picturing Dax Harwood standing behind the camera going, like, Come on, yeah, you got yeah, Morning. say that. Oh, yeah, that's it... a good line. Good line, kid. Yeah. Fuck me, right? Fuck me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be your bitch. <laughs> like, come on. Like, uh, FTR, they seem like old-school kind of guys in terms of, like, wrestling mentality, but uh, they feel very much like they would fit in a modern... They fit in the modern locker room.
0: Uh-huh. They're they they very They want to get guys over, but they want to make... They want to get guys over in a way that would satisfy Jim Cornette. Yes. But they
1: understand that getting over... Means something completely different today, yeah. Like, they aren't they like old school wrestling similar to Cody, but they understand that old school wrestling needs to be understanding of contemporary wrestling.
0: You can't have one, they're without trying them. to meet in the middle of old and new,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. also, a thing we didn't mention earlier on in the Cody match,
0: they showed off Arn Anderson's son, oh, yeah. What did they say his name was? Mike Anderson? Some Anderson. Jim Ross
1: was just going like, damn, he looks like his dad.
0: Yeah. Uh, He also said he looks like he belongs on a can of beef stew, which was funny. And I I immediately went like, oh, yeah, he kind of looks like the brawny man. But, like, uh, they did say he was being trained now, that he graduated college. Yeah. He's training at the Nightmare Factory, so he'll probably join the Nightmare family and be in some matches soon enough. I would... I know it would be cheesy in a WWE legacy push kind of way, but I would love it if just for his first few matches he had, he had his dad out doing the coach gimmick. I don't want him being there for the coach
1: gimmick. I want Arn Anderson in the crowd cheering on his boy. Fair enough. You know? It, yeah. it, it, it's very... It, I want Arn Anderson to be kind of guy, kind of guy of like... I want you to make it on your own I will be happy to help but it, when it come, push comes to shove I want you to succeed as your own man not on my laurels but oh. I want to be there for you so I'll be in the crowd
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the kind of vibe I feel with the Andersons are are Andersons that dad in the crowd going that's my son that's my son and Cody's just there hyping him up yeah yeah uh, but the the new birth of the backbreaker, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's just going oh like yeah. that's going to be one of his
0: major moves, and and he's just looking around the locker room like, all right, who's going to make brainbusters 2.0 with me? Ooh ooh whoo
1: hoo hoo, hoo, hoo.
0: As pretty
1: Peter. Oh hell yeah, he's skinny. He can kind of move around a bit. But he's also smarmy and kind of a cheaty asshole. He's got a weird face. Not that Tully has a weird face.
0: It's just... Yeah. Oh, Tully's face... This is weird. Tully's face is like the kind of like just average guy. Like, he doesn't have a, specific, a specifically interesting wrestler face. He's very nondescript.
1: He is the wrestler that would be in the background of a wrestling movie from the 1970s.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh we need we need to keep moving. We got some more mat we got some matches announced for next week. FTR versus Matt and Mike Seidel. I didn't know Matt had a brother, but apparently he does and he's gonna be in AEW. Uh should be interesting, especially if they have similar styles. Um uh, the uh the aforementioned Matt Hardy brand match. Uh a sting promo, oh boy, how exciting! And Serena Deep versus Riho. Reho, that's gonna be fucking great. Um, oh, just so imagine soon. so many of the so bendy soon. shits,
1: because Serena Deep is five yoga. more
0: sleeps till Reho returns.
1: And Riho is a spring. Yes. like a, Oh, just some, oh, I can just see the segment right now. Cover bridge to break the cover cover bridge to break the cover cover bridge to break the cover and it's just like a slinky
0: and i can't wait to just like shout about how great i thought the match was to everybody who always goes reho's way too tiny she's 90 pounds how could she be
1: champion reho is great in the same way marco stump is great
0: because they're tiny oh re you, you know what reho is kenny omega's daughter. And she is my fucking sister. Okay, you do not disrespect my sister. Yes, that makes Kenny Omega my dad. Kenny Omega's all our dads.
1: No, Don Callis is all our dads. Don Callis is all our creepy uncles. I thought that was Chris Jericho. Hey. Uh, but speaking of Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the whatnot, we have... A lights out unsanctioned match. So realistically, we shouldn't even talk about it. End of the show. But no. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> no. 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 Oh no. 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 Uh, this was Kenny Omega and Kenta versus John Moxley and the Murder Hawk Lance Archer. Who boy lights out falls count
0: anywhere unsanctioned all that kind of stuff. God I damn, love that they actually let Kenta do his entrance. They actually gave him his new Japan entrance. That was really cool.
1: I think it's part of like, hey, they what, like Kenta's. We're doing a match. What's can you give us all the uh, all the art assets for Kenta? Sweet.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, um, but goddamn, that this fucking match. I love how just the moment the match starts, everybody's like, "All right, who gives a fuck about tag rules?" I mean, the, there's no DQs. Yeah, just fucking so just, fight each other. Just insane brawling all over the place. They get they actually spend a good bit of time in the ring, but they get outside. They fucking destroy Peter Avalon's bed. Um, and there's uh they they fight back to the kitchen. Do, do you think that was pre-recorded? The kitchen fight. I think the kitchen fight part was, but like
1: pre-recorded as in like three hours before the match yeah yeah it wasn't like um, done
0: yesterday you know it was it was like... a rest spot slash give them time to get in position to come out of the tunnel yeah it was
1: it was but it like it was a good it, those were some good spots uh even though you could see the referee holding the the wheelie tables together so they could do the spot but mm-hmm. there, uh, there's certain then... things i loved like that i love to point out in wrestling but like it's fine. It's noticing yeah. the strings in
0: an old 50s B-movie. Like, you you learn to accept it. But then there's also uh, the thing that everybody was talking about of literal spuds. Literal potatoes being thrown. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, that's great but I kept expecting Mox to take a bite out of it. Like, there's that spot where he potatoes Kenny out of screen, and then he, like, throws the potato up and catches it in his hand and looks at the camera, and I'm like, take a bite out of it. Take a bite out of it right now. That would be so perfect. And he just tosses it out of camera. It's probably, because away. here's the thing, it's from a box of potatoes. It probably still had dirt on it. Yeah. But I'm like, it's Mox. He's a big, tough guy who doesn't care about anything. Of course he'd do that. Yeah. And he'd always um, it out
1: yeah uh but no like a lot of those r- moments were good they just fucking destroyed like two refrigerators
0: <laughs> yeah and it doesn't matter because it's all Tony Khan's money
1: yeah uh but then they come back out they're fucking fighting around the ring they do they tease a table spot so fucking hard and eventually they
0: tease in and out. Has there ever been an announced table spot in aew yet? no.
1: No, yes, they they didn't haven't they teased an announce table tonight, but they haven't done an announce table. They've done a timekeeper's table spot.
0: Okay, yeah, they've done a couple times like they got very close to that, and there's this hilarious visual of like all the old men standing behind Excalibur while he's going like, uh, and he's trying to still call the match. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking fantastic.
1: Especially because you just see Jim Ross and like Tony go, like, Nope, we've dealt with this too many times. Fuck the shit And Don Callis is like, What are they doing about more? And Excalibur trying to call the matches great, but uh all the while, uh I can't remember who setting uh it was it was Kenny Omega setting up John Moxley on the timekeepers table. No, it was Lance Archer. No,
0: yes, it was Kenny Omega. I don't know what was. Somebody was setting up Mox on the timekeeper's table.
1: And then Kenta gets loose from. Uh, uh, that's what it is. Kenny Omega was setting up uh, Ome- uh, uh, John Moxley on the timekeeper's table. Lance Archer had Kenta in some kind of hold. Kenta got loose, ran, boom, jumped, double foot stomp onto fucking John Moxley on the table,
0: boom. And it's just like, goddamn. And the table did that thing where it kind of breaks, but it stays in one piece and just tips over. And it just looks like, like, oh, oh." you took all of that.
1: You took all of that. There was no give. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, And eventually they get back to the ring, uh, and there's some light fighting between everybody. And then Jake the Snake tries to get involved for, like, ten seconds before the Good Brothers come out and just demolish him. And then start beating up on Lance Archer. And Moxley gets his barbed wire bat for a split second, but then they beat him up, and then they do an assisted one-winged angel on Lance Archer to win the match. Yep. Oh.
1: Crazy, crazy shit. But the people who are in the match for New Japan, neither of them officially won or lost, so New Japan's happy. They still get the Go like, oh, who's going to win kind of thing. But it builds up hype for that, so everybody's happy there. This was just a fun, big, goofy match. And apparently, New Japan World is going to replay it for Japanese audiences.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Get, Did you get, see the, uh, the interview segment that went up on YouTube? Uh, from the uh, from New Japan Strong? No, it's uh, it's after the match... Uh, and they're doing, like, a reporter press conference thing of the Good Brothers and Kenny and Don. And a reporter asked Kenny, like, hey, amazing match, but don't you feel like that victory's a little tainted because the Good Brothers were involved? And what's with all this heat you got going on with the Bullet Club and all this? And and Kenny's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Don Callis is like, let's just let's clear the air real quick and just say, like, uh, hey, brother, switchblade, Tama... Don't worry, guys. We love you. We love everybody. We're not trying to start beef with anybody. Hey, fans out there, we know you love the Bullet Club. You want this to be the Bullet Club. We're kind of doing our own thing, but it's also kind of the Bullet Club. Help out the real Bullet Club a little bit. Try and get them back into the top 40 <laughs> of pro wrestling teams. And uh, <sighs> you know, let's just let's all be nice and let's let's all buy some merch. Everybody, go buy some merch and uh, see you later god damn god damn yeah.
1: i can't wait when flight restrictions are gone and everything's kind of on a better on the upswing and tama Tonga fucking busts in on AEW, going like all right where are you bitches at fuck all y'all fuck you fuck you fuck you I for enabling they probably
0: them. i know they probably would want to make it a dynamite thing but I just really want, once the vaccine's available to everybody, just have, just do like a normal BT segment with the Bucks where they're like talking to the Good Brothers or something. And then just all of a sudden, Tama walks in and they're like, uh, and he's like, the fuck you doing? Why are you wearing those shirts? The fuck's going on here? It's uh, what I thought. It's what I thought. You be in that ring on Wednesday. You, which one of us? All of you. like especially because i don't know if i don't know if you've ever seen him on bte but he had literally a free episode reoccurring segment where just like for a couple random episodes he had this gimmick where he was like the big gossip in the bullet club in japan Mm. and like there's literally this one segment where he's like I get some gospel boys to get some for the boys. And he's oh hey young bucks what's going on with you and Kenny and Cody because there was there's a thing with Kenny and Cody at the time. I'm um, and and that that devolves into a whole thing and he's like, "Oh that's great." And then he immediately runs off and starts talking to another bullet club guy about it. Great. So like to take him from that goofy character to fucking pissed off dad would be great. Oh man. Oh man, Triple
1: Threat, Young Bucks, Good Bros, Tom, Tom got with Evil.
0: Mm-hmm. Or just straight up Gorillas of Destiny. Oh yeah, G.O.D. So much, so much you can do. Oh, dude. Excalibur and Don
1: Callis name-dropped Suzuki-Gun during the main event. Oh yeah, because they were going like, oh yeah, no, Lance Archer was a member of Suzuki-Gun. So good. Oh yeah. Like, no, it's just full-on. No, New Japan's a thing. We're going to talk about it when it's relevant.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like... We're going to use him as much as we possibly can until they need him back in Japan. I mean,
1: what else is Kenta going to do? Go wrestle for
0: NXT? (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if, like, they just start a system of, like, all right, we put Kenta uh, up against everybody. That makes sense. We're gonna send him back to you. Can you send us uh, Hiroshitani, Hiroshi Tanahashi? No. How about Tomatame? Yeah, sure. And they just start trading, guys. Oh yeah. Hey,
1: uh, who in our roster would you like to see for a while? Can we get Luchasaurus? We haven't had a Lucha. We haven't had him. Um, Japan loves big white boys. Yeah, you can borrow Luchasaurus for a bit. Hey, do you want Jungle Boy and Marco? Yeah, no one. We haven't really had something like that in New Japan. Let's let's have all three of them.
0: All right, give us give us Evil and give us Tama and. Can we
1: have Suzuki for one pay per view? One pay per view. One pay per view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. can we have him for also like can we do a couple like small interview segments? Nothing major huge, no big angles, but like to kind of set something up. Yeah, we can do that with Suzuki. Who are you going to have him fight? Orange Cassidy.
0: Yes. Oh my can god. Can we have uh Jushin Thunder Liger? He's retired. Yeah, we just want him to manage somebody. We just want we just want him to be like there because he's fun. We just want to put him in the
1: crowd. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just one day, Jushin Thunder Liger standing right next to uh, fucking the gun club, and he's just going like...
0: <gasps> uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, frickin', um Hiroshi fukujita of wrestling. Oh, man. Uh, Okada, though. What's the... What's the guy who Eye Patch Wolf described as like a spider? Osprey? No, Ooh. with like the weird haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tried yeah. to destroy Liger. Ah, uh, That doesn't feel right. We'll figure it out later. Whoever he is, I want to see him in a program against Cody Rhodes. But, I don't think they did that in Japan, and I think that would be amazing.
1: But uh, like, do something with like Okada going like I fought everybody in New Japan I don't have the belt right now I, I just want I'm going to go over to America because I know I'm better than everyone there mm-hmm. oh man Okada versus MJF
0: oh man or no he just walks in and goes yo emo twink I want your belt god damn there's so many
1: good things you can do now and that's not even that's not even that's forgetting that they still work with Impact uh uh-huh. And triple A. Goddamn.
0: Goddamn. It's exciting Goddamn. times. God damn. We just need this fucking pandemic to go away. Hey, if it wasn't for this pandemic, we-, we wouldn't be having this right now. That's true. But once it's over, we can kick that into high gear and we could maybe, I don't know, have the fucking modular summit actually. God
1: damn, imagine this the super cards we can get, all the shit, all the shit. Mm-hmm. But that was MMWP, that was Dynamite this week, so why
0: don't you tell the crowd some shit about yourself? hi everybody i'm the vacuuminator i am a youtube video making person however i am currently on hiatus so you can't expect any new works from me at the moment but you can check out my back catalog at youtube.com user slash the that is spelled t-h-e-v-a-c-u-u-m-i-n-a-t-o-r uh, you can also keep up with me on social media i'm on twitter at the vacuuminator i just tweet random thoughts and feelings about things whenever I have something I think is slightly clever or insightful to say. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram. I do action figure photography. I try to post a new photo every workday at lunch. Um, so you can find me uh, on at the underscore vacuumator on Instagram for stuff like that.
1: Hey, howdy, howdy. I'm Chris Boyle writer, Ryder You can find me on youtube at boingo writer i do video essay editorials on a bunch of different variety of subjects uh you can follow me on twitter i post nonsensical surreal shit posts at boingo underscore writer uh the best way you can ever describe it is that one breaking bad meme that you always post underneath some of my fucking jokes
0: of going like what the fuck are you talking about i like that i did that one time and now it's like the legendary thing i do to you on twitter it makes sense though Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, uh, okay, real quick sidetrack. I was listening to uh AEW Unrestricted Warblow episode the okay. other day. And apparently back when they were traveling, him and Preston Vance went to a strip club one time. Okay. And now that's like a legendary story in the locker room. And like, they're known as the guys who go to the strip club every week, even though they only did it one time. Okay uh but that's me on twitter if you
1: want to follow me there it's boingo underscore writer same thing on instagram boingo underscore writer uh and as always you can join my discord server link to that is in the description (laughs) hey join talk to us about toys and wrestling and other things that we talk about yeah uh as always like subscribe uh like this video subscribe to modular media and comment tell us what you thought about wrestling this week what you'd want to see next week uh and give us a comment on who would win Layla Hirsch versus Nyla Rose. Big Swole. Big Swole would win that for no reason. Okay, cool. But I need to piss. You need to sleep. So till next week, bye-bye. Uh, I went actually, I went to your camera by accident.
0: Hold on. <laughs>